0: welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to Episode 60, Chemistry and Dating with Molly Clare. Hello there, lovers. Welcome to Episode 60. Very exciting over here. (laughs) And to celebrate, I have invited a another guest on the show today. Her name is Molly Claire. She is a master coach and she's incredible. So, I'm really excited to talk to her because we're going to be talking about dating and chemistry. So, here's the deal. I know a lot of you who listen to the podcast are not actually in a relationship, but you're using the tools that I'm teaching you to get more insight for your next relationship. And I want to say I think that is amazing but I do periodically get questions about dating and online stuff, and you guys, I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) As you'll hear in this episode, I do not have any information about online dating. I've never really done it. So I invited another coach, a master coach, who's part of the school, who also now trains coaches and works with brand new coaches. She's incredible, but she is a mom of three. She has experienced dating after divorce, and I think you're going to love this conversation. A lot of people, I think, are very negative about the dating scene, especially the ones who want to be in a relationship. They're like, dating is so hard. It's so tough. This episode is going to give you a different perspective, And for those of you who are in a long-term relationship, don't end the podcast here. Listen to this episode. We talk about chemistry, how to generate and feel more love for your partner. You are going to love it. Molly is just awesome. So I will also be linking to her in the show notes, mollyclare.com. You can go check out her book. You can check out what she's up to. If you're a life coach, you can get coached by her. If you are a divorced mom who wants some support, she has a network of people that she can help Refer you to. And of course, you can always reach out to me too. I work with some people who are not in a relationship but are looking for love. So head over to revitalizeyourrelationship.com. You can check out all of the show notes and get the link to Molly and all of her goodness. Okay, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a ton of fun. It's going to help you feel more love. And if you are not in a relationship, take notes. Okay? Enjoy. The question I always love to ask people is tell us who you are and why we should listen to you.
1: Oh, heavens. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wish my children would ask why they should listen to me, but they don't seem to care. (laughs) Yeah. So who am I? So my name is Molly Claire. I am a single mom of three kids and I actually, so when I, right before my divorce, I started training to become a life coach. I feel like when I found coaching, I realized that I would found what I had been natural, a natural part of me my entire life. And um, it was really amazing timing for me to have found that at that time because I was able to come through my divorce And become a single mom and go into the dating realm again, all while going through this huge personal transformation. Because of course, as you're becoming a coach, for me anyway, I feel like I need to do this work for myself, right? I need to do all this healing for myself. I need to do all these things that I know work in here. So um, as I was, you know, going through my training, I also hired a coach and went through all of it. So So I now am, um, you're getting a huge answer for this question, right? Um, So I, I have had my life coaching business for the last five years. And I've worked specifically with moms. And I also did a program specifically with divorced moms, helping them heal from divorce and come through all of that. And all the while, I've also been training life coaches and helping them as well. So My sole focus in my business now is that I run groups for new life coaches. I am the coach for life coaches. I help them improve their skills. And I use all of the work that I use with everyone else in my own life all the time. So that is why everyone should listen (laughs) because I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk, even though it doesn't mean that I'm perfect in my life. So...
0: You know, that's something I really admire about you. I I don't think I've ever told you this, but I actually found you when I was thinking about becoming a coach, and um, I read your Happy Mom Mindset book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that book. And I um, remember just talking to you during coach training, and when you said you were a single mom with three kids... You, and you look amazing. <laughs> you don't look <laughs> tired and run down. Um, there was so much of me at that time because I think I had just had my son, so my second baby, and I was feeling really overwhelmed by all of it. And just to hear your whole story was such a shift in perspective for me. And I was like, I don't have to feel the way that I feel. Like, I'm really choosing to stay stuck in this idea that my life is so hard. Yeah. With like that extra adult around to help me with my just two kids. Like it, yeah. it wasn't like I didn't feel bad about it, but you didn't make me feel bad about it. But yeah. it was just such a positive shift for me to hear that perspective and just see somebody that was really doing so much of what I aspired to do.
1: Yeah. So well, thank
0: you for that, okay. just as well, an Well, you're aside.
1: welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, you know, it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and frustrated and stressed as a mom. And it is interesting that it is really our brain and the way we think about it, right? Yeah. It's totally true. Yeah. And so, and the thing is, is that, you know, as I talk about in that book, when I wrote that book, I felt the same way when I was married, right? And when I had a totally different scenario, so... Anyway, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad to know it made a difference for you.
0: All yeah. right. Well, uh, we could talk about mom things too. We should. Ha- I should have you on a different podcast to talk about that yeah. shift. <laughs> my listeners get sick of that. mom issues, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mom, the mom struggle is real, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's in my head. Yeah. But I want to hear a little bit about dating because I do have this whole contingent of listeners who. Are listening to the podcast to get tools that they can use in their next relationship, but yeah. are currently single. Yeah, and um, some of them are divorced. Some of them are just haven't like what what they tell me is they just haven't found the right partner yet. Yeah, and I would just love to hear from your perspective. You know, the dating world is not one that I am super familiar with. Um, yeah. All my listeners know that. My husband and I got together after he had been in a spiritual community for nine years and he was celibate and I was in the same spiritual community. So there was no Tinder. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there was no oh, it's dating It's so app. different now. It's so different. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know anything
0: about it. And I would just love to hear like from your perspective in, in terms of uh, dating yeah. and doing this work.
1: Yeah. Oh, how, how much
0: time do we have? <laughs> All the time, Molly. Whatever time you tell, you take. That's what
1: we have. <laughs> I love this topic. I've done a lot of this work with my clients and I'm I'm engaged, so I'm actually getting married this summer. So I again have been like, you know, going this, walking this path and facing all of my fears and my old garbage from my last marriage. And, you know, it just like all of it comes up. And I think, especially for your listeners who are divorced, who've gone through this. Um, sometimes we can start to think things like, I have too much baggage, I'm too damaged, I'm never gonna be able to be in a relationship again. And what I have found and what I wanna offer them is that it's so much better now because it really gives you a chance to like have a relationship that is up-leveled. Like you take everything you've learned everything you've figured out, all the ways that you've, you know, tried and failed and all of it. And you get to become a new person with a new relationship that is like nothing like the old one. It really is like a total new beginning. Um, so I think that um, the dating world is so different. And like you, so I was married for 15 years and the first time when I got married, I, you know, like you said, there was no Tinder, there was no match.com, there was none of it. And we didn't, here's the thing too, we didn't even really have texting at the time.
0: Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Like
1: think about that, right? <laughs> so at the time, you would go out with someone and then you would either see them again or you would actually talk to them on the phone. But now we have this in, like constant instant communication. So do you know what that lends itself to? Mind drama. Much drama. <laughs> right? Because you send a message. Did they get the message? Are they not wanting to answer? And we make up all this garbage in our heads. So it's really, it's really different. It's fascinating. It's actually a great experiment in our brains and noticing where our brains go with things.
0: I remember like just even five years ago talking with my husband and like he would send, we would be like Facebook messenger or something and he would send me a smiley face. And I was like, he sent me a smile. What does that mean? Like analyzing it to death and just being like, yes. I think this guy is flirting with me. Yeah. He's like asking me a lot of questions. And I just, because that wasn't really like the context that I had ever dated someone in before we were a long distance relationship. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting thing. There is so much, I think people are having like two relationships a lot of the time. Like you're having the relationship with the human and then you're having the yes. relationship with the things you think that are happening in all of these yes. 10 forms of
1: media that you could be, you're checking their Facebook page. What are they doing today? Yes. Did they yes. get my message? Yeah. Oh I think my gosh, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Well on that you bring up something interesting because I remember um, when I would date and this didn't happen very often. So when I started dating, I was extremely particular. I was like, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I don't want. And if someone is does not fall into the category of what I want, I'm just not interested in that. You know, and um so but so I did a lot of screening, okay? <laughs> and I would ask people because I am in the self-help realm. I'm just a person who's going to ask a lot of deep questions and I'm going to want to have those conversations. And, you know, I would ask things like I wanted to know what is your relationship like with your ex? I would ask them what are the three best things about your ex-wife? Because what I know is we learn a lot about people from how they treat their enemies right? So true. Are they still stuck in being a victim? Are they blaming? Are they angry? What's happening for them? Because all of that is not really, we think it's just specific to that person that they dated or that they were married to, but it's not. It's them, right? They have that. And so I would ask a lot of questions. And some people, I'm sure we're thinking, who's this crazy lady and why is she asking this? I don't want to answer this. And that's fine, right? They can go on their way. But when you have, for me, I felt like having those kind of conversations online gave me a really good sense for the kind of person that someone was. Like at their core, right? What kind of person is this? Um, so I did a lot of screening, and I wasn't afraid to let people know if I didn't want to go out with them. Um, and that this kind of goes back to what you were saying about, you know, what we having the relationship with the person and then the electronic relationship is really about our mind or whatever. Um, it, it is interesting. I remember one person in particular, I was messaging him and he was funny and he seemed like warm and charismatic and so fun. And then I went to lunch with him and I was like, who is this person? This person is totally different in person. So it's kind of an interesting, crazy thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh, that's so
0: good. Yeah. Someone could be very um when they have time to think about their responses, they may be really charming and funny. And in person they may not be like socially
1: as forthcoming. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. And I this, you know, this one person in particular, he was like a really good person. Like he was really nice and great, but like there was no, there was nothing happening there, right? It was, there was no chemistry, no, like, it, just, it wasn't fun, you know? So, and you just never know. So, I think that, like, as for me, I felt like having that screening process, I really liked it because I just wanted to get to know the kind of person this was. I wanted to understand what their values were, right? What did the things they valued in life match up with the things I valued in life? And um, so, yeah, and I will say that across the board, Almost all of the dates I went on were actually amazing, like they really were, and um, I wasn't afraid to tell people if I wasn't interested in going on another date, and I wasn't afraid to tell people if I didn't want to pursue a relationship, and um, yeah, I feel like I had a really positive experience, even though not without negative emotions, right, it's important to notice. sometimes we think that an amazing experience means that we're feeling happy and good all the time, but that's right. not true as you know. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I mean, I, I get that from people even who are in relationships. They're like, just because you brought up chemistry too, like after a certain period of time, a lot of people feel like the chemistry in the relationship just dies as though it's like a magical mm-hmm. ether that, that exists in the relationship and then suddenly it just goes away. And people yeah. think, uh-oh, the relationship must be failing. There yep. must be all of these problems. Like if we're not having like a very passionate, intimate relationship at all times and it's not like level 10 intensity, right. then it's, not, it's right. not working and there must be a problem. I've seen so many couples start to interject
1: problems. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Say to people when they tell you that, when they are like, they think about chemistry and intimacy as though it's like a third person in the relationship.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they say like, it's just gone and I I can't get it back. And how do you, how do you? Yeah.
1: I feel like when we do that, we're putting ourselves in such a powerless position, right? Like this chemistry is either going to be there and it's, or it's not. And then it can just die and it can just go away. And that's not really true because if you at some point were crazy about someone and had this amazing connection with them, it was because of your thoughts about that person, right? It was because of your thoughts. And I do believe, I do believe that we have like a certain energy and sometimes our energy really connects with someone. So I, I actually do believe that, but I don't believe that you know, just this relationship just dies and all of a sudden they're a very different person than we are. A lot of people think, oh, I outgrew the relationship. I like evolved past this person, all this yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just not true. And the problem is um, just recently there was, I was um, working with a group and there was a woman that we were coaching on this exact thing of like outgrowing her husband. Like, I'm just afraid I'm going to outgrow him. And every time she thought this, right, every time she entertained this idea, I'm outgrowing him, I'm going to outgrow him, she felt really anxious and was then, of course, looking for evidence of all the reasons why they were going to be outgrowing each other, why they already had outgrown each other, and how, like, this was inevitable that this was happening. And, of course, when she's thinking all of that, her result is that, She's convinced she's outgrowing him, right? She's not having these good experiences with him all because she's believing that that's true, right? And as we coach her, as she has that shift and she realizes, oh, my gosh, I am madly in love with him and I always have been, and maybe he doesn't have to change or be a different person for me to love him, then it opens her up to really connecting with all the things about him that she loves, so it's just, it really is like your relationship with someone is your thoughts about that person. Yeah. It is Everybody your, hear that. I'm going to yes. make Molly say it again. <laughs> yes. Your relationship with that person are, is your thoughts about that person. And it's been so fun. And my fiance and I have talked about this a lot as we're, um, you know, going through. And we have a long distance relationship right now. And, you know, we... We just sometimes we're like, isn't it so fun to be in love? And I've said to him before, I'm like, what's so great is that I can always be in love with you. I can always feel this way because I get to choose the way I think about you. And so this feeling doesn't ever have to die or go away. I can create it anytime. I am choosing to adore you and be madly in love with you forever.
0: You know? That's so sweet. I love it.
1: It's so fun, right? Like I get to always choose that no matter what he does. If he doesn't take the garbage out, if he's in a bad mood no matter what he's doing, I can be madly in love with him.
0: So fun. It's so good. Okay, so I mean a lot of times what people will say to me <laughs> when when I point something similar out, yeah. especially around dating, is like, "Okay, so you're saying I could just literally go on a date with whoever and fall madly in love with them just because I choose to?" And I'm like, Kind of. How do you choose a partner then? If right. you can just love anybody, right? how do you actually pick someone who's
1: going to be a great partner if it's all just in your head? Right, right. So what you said is exactly true, which is what I think is interesting. So I have a, um, my used to be stepmom, her daughter is in an arranged marriage. So part of their church community is that's what they do. And she loves her husband, right? And they were set up and just, like, picked from, like, I believe the leader of their congregation just put them together. And it is really true that you really, truly can love anyone at all. But that doesn't mean that you want to, right? I still feel like, for me, and when I say, you know, that I was very particular knowing what I did want and what I didn't want, it's not because I couldn't love someone that was all these things, But because I was like, you know what, these are the things I want in my life. And it makes it really easy if a partner also values those things. And it's like an easy, fun connection for us, right? And so I think sometimes we think it's this either or kind of like, well, I can either love anyone and then like, well, then how do I choose? And I don't really know, right? Which is kind of, again, putting it outside of you. Like, how would I know if I can love anyone? How do I make that choice? Or this, like, other camp of, like, I have to find someone that is all these things so yep. that I can love them, right? Which yep. is very, like, fearful. It's very controlling. So, one, it's like you're letting go of all responsibility. It's all outside of you. The other, you're feeling you need to be very controlling. And I think there is this other option that's so much better than either of those, which is I want to think about the qualities that I that I really want someone to have, because these things are fun, because I admire these qualities, because these are things that I value too, and that makes things fun and easy. And I also recognize that even though I'm choosing someone with these certain things, even when he doesn't do those things, or even when there are things that don't line up with what I like, I can still choose to love him based on the way I think about him. I think that it's all, it's all available, right? And when we think about it that way, we're so much more empowered. And I think, you know, how do I choose someone? If we're saying that, then we aren't really being honest with ourselves that we know what we want if we really ask ourselves. what do you? I think that's
0: actually really true. I think a lot of people are just like, I'll just know when the right person walks in. And it puts so much... Like it puts all of the power outside of you. Yes it's not actually ever being bold enough to define the things that maybe to you are like non-negotiables yes, and then (laughs) nice-to-haves.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I have a funny story about this and I'm gonna make my fiance listen to this interview. So he had, he and I are pretty similar in the way we approach dating, a little bit differently. I would say he approached it more like a guy, you know, mindset Um, and mine was a little different but he had a list of what he was looking for. So here's what's so funny. He and I had kind of, we had met each other um, at like a church function. And then I had kind of like cyber stalked him a little. He had cyber stalked me a little. I knew I was like, this dude has to ask me out, but I'm not asking him out. I'm just waiting until this like all plays out. And then we did end up connecting on an app and he asked me out. But we had like, it took him a while to ask me out because he was actually worried about marrying someone who, had kids because he has five, and he was like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Now you have eight children. (laughs) So he was, um, you know, he was really hesitant about that, and it was on his list actually, like prefer no kids. So he totally had a list, and by the time we actually went out, he actually brought up, what are you, like he asked me, like what are you looking for in someone, and then he told me that he had a list, and of course me, I'm like, Hand it over. <laughs> right? I love it. So, no kidding. On our first actual official date, I read his list and I said, I get to the bottom of the list and I said, You realize this list is describing me, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, Why do you think we're on a date? <laughs> so, he <gets laughs> He'd been pre vetting and- you too. What's that? He had been
0: pre-vetting you.
1: Yes, he really had because, and that's why he finally asked me out because he had like looked in, well, and here's the thing. I'm kind of easy to stalk, right? I've got a book. I've got blo- like years of blogs. He can basically see into my soul and know everything about me. So um, anyway, so yeah, it was really fun and so He really did have a very specific list. And the one thing was like the, you know, the kid thing because he was nervous about that, which is all change. And I actually said to him, you realize that the top thing on my list is that someone has to be crazy about my kids. So I think both of us were very, we were not desperate. Like we were definitely interested in the other person, but both of us knew these are the things that are important to us. And these are the things we want in our life. And um. And I think it worked really well for us because our relationship right from the beginning um, was just pretty easy and great. Because when you have two people that are confident, that know what they want, and they're not depending on the other person to like make their life amazing or happy, it just works.
0: I think that's something people maybe don't think about too when they're dating. It's like... Why? Like, what is the fundamental why of wanting to be in a relationship?
1: Yes. Is it,
0: is it just like to have somebody around? Like, yeah. Like we say this about kids. Like, kids are not an accessory. Yeah. Neither is your husband or your wife. (laughs) They're not just like there to have around. Yeah. They're not there to make you feel better. They're not like that. Ideally should not be their job. Right. I think it's funny that you guys both had a list of what Oh my gosh, I know. I love it. I think it's amazing, but I think a lot of people pretend that they don't have that and then yeah. slowly they try to get their their partner, their spouse to become like their personal assistant.
1: Mm, like they yeah. get them
0: to conform into they like I did secretly have a list and it's yeah. very
1: long. Yeah, yeah. And my self-worth depends on it. So you better yeah. Right? Work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that, and we want to be careful about the list, right? Like, where is the list coming from? Is it that I need someone who is this so that I can feel okay about myself because they need to make up for this problem that I have or something? So I think both of us, and I, of course, have done a ton of work in my, you know, own brain and everything, and with everything on my list, I think this is an important thing for people who are making a list to ask yourself why is this on my list? Why do I want this person to do this or be this, right? And do I like that reason? Um, Because, like, you know, for example, if I want someone who, like, you know, I want someone who never gets angry, and the reason why is because I can't handle it when someone's angry, right? Well, maybe, maybe you could just, like, start to figure out how can I do a better job of handling when someone's angry? Now, well, that's not to say that you're going to like seek someone out who's like an angry person or something, right. right? But the idea is like, is it, is this on my list? Because if they do this and I can be happy mm-hmm. or, you know, and I think an even better example of this is like, if you have on your list that you want someone who's always going to, um, you know, cook for you three times a day and always, like, buy you flowers all the time and always give you gifts because if they do that, then you'll feel good about yourself and you'll feel taken care of, right? So if, like, let's say, for example, you have things on your list that fall into that category of, like, oh, this is how I can feel valuable is if they Mm do these things. And you look at what if I decided to feel valuable now, what do I need to do for myself so that I know that I'm valuable? Yeah. Right. And so then when you become a person who already feels valuable, who already loves yourself, who already does all of this, most likely you are gonna find someone who does those kind of things. And then it's just the cherry on top. It's just nice, but you're not dependent on them for it.
0: Yeah. 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 I am such a huge advocate for really examining what you think your your needs are and yes. other like how how 99% of the things that we say we need from someone else it's just a a way to be like a little lazy and a little uncreative <laughs> because yeah. most of the time you can get exactly whatever it is you want yeah without having to tie somebody else into that yeah and then you can have a relationship which i think everybody i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong but i think a lot of people just aspire to have a relationship that's fun that's easy, that feels like when you were first dating and Mm -hmm. we're just kind of interested in each other and showing up for each other. I think that is the cherry on top. Yeah. Taking care of business (laughs) for yourself and exploring what the, as you said, what the deeper thoughts and meanings you have behind each of those items on your non-negotiables. Yeah. What that really means to you. I think that is, I think it makes it easier to date. It does. It makes it Your so dating pool is going to be a
1: lot higher quality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know what? you nailed it. That's the thing. It's a higher quality dating pool. And I think that's why when I've talked to some people who like, they're like, oh, dating is such a wreck or this or that. I'm like, I love dating because I had, I connected with so many high quality people. Well, it wasn't that I wanted to like run off and marry all of these people or even have a relationship with them. But I really dated high quality people, I felt like, because I knew what I was looking for and not just I knew what I was looking for, but I was so much more self-assured and confident and happy with myself than I ever had been in my whole life, you know? Yeah. And that really is what makes the difference. Yeah. I am so much more attractive. Yes. I mean, I mean, not like we're trying to
0: make ourselves into any attractive ideal for someone else, but- there is, you know, a lot of people will talk about the phenomenon of like, when you finally get comfortable being single, when you're finally happy and your life is really good, then it's like, you're like batting people away with a stick because suddenly everybody wants to be in your world.
1: Yes. It's so funny. It's crazy because, you know, just like everyone else, I had all these like insecurities coming up. I'm like, Here I am, right now. I'm like nearing forty. I've got three kids. I got stretch marks. I am not like I'm not as young and spry as I used to be, you know. Who is Molly? So yeah, but but what I found was like I was like, you know what? I feel like I felt better about myself than ever before. And I feel, I know this is so funny because I'm putting like attractiveness outside of me, but I felt like I was attractive to men way more than I ever had been. Mm -hmm. Or because there is something about someone who is happy, someone who is taking care of themselves, is good with who they are and has that confidence, that's really attractive. Yeah. And so it's kind of been funny, like, and and again, like, I am by no means perfect. I get my own coaching. I do my own coaching on all my insecurities and, like, body image stuff, but it still comes up, like, for anyone, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's so fun to realize that, like, I don't have to be younger or have fewer stretch marks or wrinkles or fewer lumps or whatever. Like, I can be confident and totally happy with myself. And that's the best way to be. Yeah. And it's a cherry on top that it's also attractive, but you totally. know, it feels good yeah. to
0: me. I, and I also like, I'm going to totally plug coaching right now because oh, yes, I, I feel like it's so important. Like coaches get coaching for everybody to hear that. But I yep. think everybody in the world should have a coach because Okay. That is who you want to deal with this stuff with. You want to deal with your insecurities, your confidence issues. You want to deal with your like body image stuff with a coach, not with yes. your husband or your wife. Right. You don't want to put those right. things out into your relationship. And I feel like so many people invest so much time and money into something like having a big, huge wedding. And then they, they stop working on their relationship right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I,
1: everybody go get a coach. Go That'll get a you. coach. It's, <laughs> and especially, this is what's fascinating to me too. When I started my coach training, I hired a coach. And I credit my coaching skills to having a coach and doing that. And so many coaches, they think, oh, I know this, but you need a coach. Like, you really do. Um, and I want to speak to what you just said about, um, like, insecurities and body image and all that stuff and not putting that on your spouse. So it's so fun to know, like I understand completely that my fiance or anyone outside of me cannot fix my body Mm image right? And so it's so funny because um, just like the last couple weeks, I've had like some of my body insecurities like coming up. It's like bubbling up in my brain, right? And I'm like, I said something we were having a conversation about, I had a texting conversation and I said something about, you know, my body image stuff or whatever and he said he said, you know, well for what it's worth, like I think you're gorgeous, but I know I can't fix it for you and I it was so funny because probably in the past I would have thought that like if he just, you know, says enough, things, right? He just like loves what I look like enough, then I'll feel better, right? But when he said it, I messaged him back and I'm like, I wish you could fix it. But thanks for saying that. I've got it, right? Like, and so what do I do? I'm working with a coach. I'm like, hey, this is coming up. I don't like that I'm feeling insecure. I want to feel this way instead. So do not put your insecurities on your partner. Yes. It's a terrible idea. They can't fix it anyway. So they can't.
0: You'll yeah. just think that they're saying it to be nice. Yeah. And that will be so insulting to, for them to hear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, because it's really true, right? Think about, for everyone listening, think about one of those things that you're so certain is true. Maybe you don't think you're beautiful. Maybe you think that you're overweight, you're unattractive, or maybe it's something totally unrelated to that. And think about someone in your life who always tells you the opposite. And they're like, oh, that's not true. I think this is amazing about you. No matter how much they say it, you don't believe it. because You're so tied to that belief. mm mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Like no matter what anyone else says, if you don't believe that you're a great person, that you're attractive or whatever it is, it's never going to work. You have to be, be the one to believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and dating is not going to help either. <laughs> so no. this is the work. This is the stuff to clean up. And um, Molly, thank you so much. Like these are, there's just so many amazing insights. Is there anything else that you think people should know when they're out there on the dating scene?
1: Yeah, I would just say, honestly, the biggest thing is make a list of everything that you would want and what you're looking for. And don't tell yourself you don't know. Write it all down. And then go through each of those and really ask yourself, why do I want this? How do I imagine I will feel if I'm with someone with this characteristic. And go through each thing on the list and do that. And then step three is go through each one of those, how can I create this feeling for myself? If I'm trying to be with someone who's like this so I can feel valued, how can I feel valued now? So that is the biggest piece of advice because I'm telling you that forces you to take a look at yourself to become who you want to become, to feel how you want to feel. And then you're naturally going to find a partner that is just a great match for you.
0: Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. You're so welcome. There you have it. Thank you so
0: much, Molly, for being on the show. So great to talk to you. And if you want to connect more with Molly, head over to the show notes at revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash podcast. This is episode 60. You'll find out more about Molly there. If you are loving this podcast and you are ready to stop feeling stuck, resentful, bored, or just like your relationship really needs some support, look no further. All you need to do is head over to revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash consultation. In that 45-minute free call with me, we are going to figure out what your best next step is and you'll get a taste of what it's like to work with me as your coach. I hope that I get to talk to you soon and that we can fast track and apply everything you've been learning here on the podcast. Have a beautiful week and a beautiful relationship. Take care.